0: You're listening to the Make Love to Life podcast. So let's make love to life. It's so good to have you. Yeah, so we were just preparing and brainstorming and kind of going up and down of these subjects that we want to include in our talk today. And right before I hit record, Jeanette was talking about the irony no, of her having been celibate, consciously choosing to be celibate because she was moving through intimacy blockages. And the moment she chose to break her celibacy was literally when the pandemic hit no, and closing all these doors of opportunity to connect with people. And so I think that this is a really beautiful, interesting opening story to kind of look at the subject of why would anyone choose to do uh, conscious celibacy? Uh, What was the idea behind it for you? And, uh, you know, for some people who know me, um, I have gone into conscious celibacy uh, twice um, and it had particular effects, um, yeah, on my life, on my love life, but also my intimate connection with myself. So it's interesting to look at these nuances, but then also we want to go into the subject of dating. Uh, We want to go into the subject of, you know, the reality that many people find themselves in right now um where i guess many people do need to use uh dating apps and and how that is you know missing the primal aspect of of smell and of movement and uh there's still quite some pressure that is put on uh the first meeting through these devices so anyway introduction is long enough tell us about these three years or 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 take us to the moment where you were like okay now i am ready to break my celibacy yeah And then the doors closed. The world went into lockdown. (laughs) Tell us about that.
1: It's a funny joke from the universe. You're so funny, universe. Um, Yeah, I was noticing that I was the common denominator in attracting men who weren't uh, right for me for, for a while. And I thought, I have no idea why this is happening. So let me just stop everything and just go in and I didn't think in the beginning, like I'm going to do three years, but it just it flowed. It was it was so great. It wasn't even uh, difficult after a while. And then you know, fast forward um, three years into into the celibacy, which I gained so much from from those three years. Uh, I I said, you know, universe, okay, I am ready to close my celibacy, and I would like to invite my my soul partner and uh then the pandemic happened <laughs> so it was literally like everything is closed the borders are closed the doors are closed nobody can you know intermingle and i don't you remember i'm sure in, in 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 the sacred valley of peru there were even days where it was like men can go out This. oh day my god this is the most
0: ridiculous <laughs> Okay. Okay, let
1: me just explain what she's saying.
0: We were both in Peru. Uh, this is where we met. Um so last year, uh, yeah, we were both in Peru and honestly from all the stories I've heard worldwide of of how the government treated the lockdown, there's nothing that even comes close to the severity in which um yeah, the president of Peru decided to to go about things in a time where there was zero virus in the valley, right? They could have just basically shut off the borders, um, yeah. regarding the, the sacred Valley, that province. So anyway, yeah, there was military on street. Women were only allowed certain days of the week. And then the other, <laughs> it was like the, the most ridiculous way of preventing the virus to spread. I mean, the virus that, that, that wasn't even there. So yeah. Go, anyway, go on. <laughs>
1: yeah, that, that was definitely puzzling. I mean, I kind of give them props for like trying to figure out how to best handle this, but that was not the the greatest decision. But yeah, I mean, that's one of the extreme examples of like, okay, even on the days you can go to the grocery store, you cannot run into a man, you know? And so it was just kind of, uh, ironic. And I, I, I understand that there's probably reasons I'll never fully understand that that happened, but, you know, I, I just have not, uh, really had the same opportunities that we had, you know, obviously just like everyone else before to, to come in contact with people. And so at this point it's, it's been, uh, you know i've been with one person uh in like over 4 years which some people might be like oh you know whatever but to me that sounds like a long time you know and yeah. Uh, yeah and so that's pretty much kind of funneled everybody into this dating app situation which of course has skyrocketed right like the percentage of people that were on dating apps before and the percentage that were on after is just like astronomically different and so just kind of being pigeonholed into um, a medium for connecting with people that it's, it's not really preferential. I know your, your feelings about it. You don't really, (laughs) you're not into them, right?
0: (laughs) I guess I'm um, quite old school, but yeah, Yeah. kind of going back to the beginning of your, your celibacy um, you, you mentioned, you know, you had this series of attracting people, um, that really weren't in alignment. Uh, so can you be more specific? Like, cause it, it kind of sounds like, okay, it was of a, of a particular extremity I'm imagining of like just probably attracting assholes, no? To basically go, okay, I'm better off shutting my door <laughs> than wasting my time on, on these dudes. That's kind of the, the impression I'm getting from you. Um, so if you go if you could be a little bit more explicit to like um, what was the the vibration that you were attracting and whether after you opened your doors and let go of the celibacy has that energy being um, attracted into your reality still or no longer
1: yeah you know the the thing with with the guys was that at first I thought wow that that guy was really really not good for me or you know that guy was really emotionally unavailable or this guy was really blah blah blah. at some point you're like, wait a second, common denominator, it's me like I'm attracting these guys and I when I realized that right because it's not like I'm not blaming them for being who they are I'm I'm putting the accountability on myself for bringing that into my field and I wanted to understand why am I bringing this into my field? What is it that I have to shift within me? literally no clue. So I just, it's almost like, you know, when you clean out your entire closet, just start from the beginning and just put everything back instead of like trying to reorganize it as, as it is. And you know, I, I, I gained so much from that time. And when I say consciously celibate, I mean, like I didn't sit on a guy's lap. I didn't go on a date. i obviously I didn't kiss anybody. I didn't hold hands. Like I was, I still had my guy friends, but there was just no intimacy or, or flirting at all whatsoever and and it was really a, a lot easier than i would have thought on the other side of the celibacy i felt a huge shift in me and i saw that with how i was relating to the men who were coming in my field which out of all these men there was one that i that actually date like dated for a few months and you know thought like that was it but i i'm realizing that i'm presenting myself in a higher vibration and that I'm handling situations better, a lot less reactive. Like I've centered myself a lot more and the, 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 the reactions that I used to give the defensiveness and, you know, the deep abandonment wounds that would be triggered. You know, I didn't, I didn't react that way, but I'm still not attracting the, the men for me. And so, I mean, clearly there's, there's, there's still work to, to do there. But um, now i'm I'm on dating apps in Estonia, which uh, is Eastern Europe folks, on the Baltic Sea next to Russia'll <laughs>
0: we'll, we'll get into Estonia and uh, mind yeah. Valley um, and how you moved to Estonia recently a couple of months ago for mind Valley we're, We'll get into that in a moment i I actually wanted to weave into what you were saying regarding you know having had certain patterns that, um, you know, welcomed this idea of conscious celibacy because it was needed. Um, And that's exactly how I approached it. Um, In my past, I mean, anyone who's been listening to the podcast, uh, the first episode is basically about an abusive relationship I was in and how that obviously uh, inspired me to, to go into conscious celibacy. And that was for very particular, very obvious reasons. But actually, the last time I did celibacy, um, I'm a little bit lost in time, I suppose. Yeah, it was 2019. And um, it was literally, I I've I am creating, <laughs> this is going to sound really funny. <laughs> I am creating um, an online course for women. Uh, it's called Attract Your King. And I'm also making the counterbalance uh, for men called um, Catch Your Queen. So, because it's the man who catches, no? And it's the, the woman who attracts. Yeah. Um, so, when well, no, I've created these courses, I'm, I'm basically in the, the finalizing uh, um, phase yes. of, of the creational aspect. But anyway, the, the story that guides the, 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 the course for women is how I got from the worst sex experience to basically uh, attracting my, my life partner who I'm with right now, no? Sure too. But in my case, definitely, yes. Um, but basically, I had an experience where I felt like, wow, I am driven and tempted for all the wrong reasons to this basically boy wrapped in a man's suit who literally had no idea how to connect. I mean, I kind of wrap it into a funny theme of like it was the, ba- the worst sex-, sex experience I ever had. And it literally probably was. Uh, and of course, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but it needed to be so bad for me to say, okay, listen, what the fuck? No, like I come from a tantric um, path. Basically my sexuality has guided me into um, who I have become Um, and not in the sense of fucking around, but really taking it consciously as a way to allow me to guide me through my life into different stages. So then to find myself with this boy, it was really like, hello, Nalaya, wake up. Like, where are you? And that time that I did celibacy in 2019 was literally, okay, how can I have my heart and my sexual center speak the same language? Because sometimes it's this animalistic drive, um, which is very much hormonally driven and the, the lust for procreation, whether we want to admit it or not, that that's the primal instinctual aspect of attraction, right? But the heart is the one that wants the spiritual connection, the emotional connection that wants to um, thrive and be uplifted and and know that you're a team and and all of these beautiful things. And so my quest became, okay, how can I connect these two, right? And um, I said to myself, well, I guess the only difference between you and I is that I was doing tantric practices with myself daily to accelerate my sexual energy and fuel my heart with it. And I became magnetic like in, in a way that was quite uncomfortable at times. And I would actually go on dates. And, um, but the beauty of it is I was so clear where I was at with my own sexuality that it just became really easy to, to, I mean, there, I actually did fall in love, but we ended up not making love. And I ended up ending it because I could see reality for what it was. Like he was, he was not the person I wanted to be with. Uh And we dated, we stayed in contact, like, you know, up until the point where I could literally use all of my, my antennas to see him for who he w- was, as opposed to if I would have invited him into my body too soon, mm-hmm. probably the, the the primal aspect of wanting to procreate would have blinded all, all my senses. And, you know, cause sex has that capacity, and especially for women, it's it's like it, it blinds us, right? And we get addicted to, to the lovemaking and God knows what. And, and then, I don't know, six months or six years later, we realized that this was actually not a match. And so that experimentation was really quite powerful because it, it guided me to literally allowing myself to fall in love and walk away and because I was so dedicated to this alignment of the heart and the sex, the alignment of the heart and the sex. And the, the topic of conscious celibacy is what made Ruan, my partner, invite me onto his podcast. And in that podcast, Basically, the how do you say this? Uh, the the fireworks went off like the the chemistry was so loud that we remained in contact, no, and and realized that we've always been attracted to each other.
1: So it's kind of interesting. Podcast. Like you need to send it, it to me later. I want to see the podcast where you two had the spark. I have got to see this. <laughs> it's so cute. It's so obvious that we're kind
0: of flirting with each other on that podcast. Oh, but anyway, that. yeah. So the the online course I'm creating is is basically that journey of. Yeah, this, from the worst sex to maybe the best sex. Yeah. From the heart.:
1: I just but, love that so much. It's so interesting how different your celibacy journey was, right because they're not the same. It's not like there's a book like this is how you do it. It's different for everybody, everybody's needs or different experiences, and that's just incredible that you had a, a, a connection with a guy like that and spent time together in close proximity, and you were able to hold your, your celibacy. Like that's incredible.
0: <laughs> yeah, I kind of want to weave this into the uh, the control aspect because there's a fine line when choosing to be consciously celibate where it is healing. Because you and I both had the same intent, right? It was like, okay, we have to take responsibility. We are the creator of our lives. If we are attracting something we don't want, we we have to do something about it. So the initial intent was was coming from that healing perspective, but there's that fine line of like when. When is the masculine aspect taking over with the expectation of, okay, so when I then end my conscious celibacy, I therefore must be rewarded? Like, where is that fine balance of really stepping, being able to step into the feminine and, and attract? No, that yeah, it's it's really a, a nuance. Like, have you felt for yourself, yeah, something in regards to control and, and, and the shadow of the feminine? And the masculine, and I would love to hear your, I know I'm not defining my question very well, but (laughs) whatever you want to share on this subject, I would love to hear.
1: I was wondering what you meant by um, the masculine. Were you talking about the masculine within yourself, or were you talking about man?
0: Within yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I thought I was going to be rewarded by my soulmate after the celibacy. Forget about sex. I thought I was, like, going to meet my husband. But... (laughs) You know, it's it's interesting um, how you say that you and and I don't know if I'm diverting, but but what what you said earlier about not um, being with the guy and getting to know him, and then that led you to see clearly the aspects of him that were not compatible with you, where if you had, been intimate with him that that can literally, I mean, it can be wonderful, but it can be so distracting because at that point, like you were saying, your pri- your primal needs, your biology, it's just like in overdrive and it's new and it's so hot and it's so sexy. And then, but how much time are you spending making love or having sex or whatever you want to call it versus actually getting to know each other and discover whether you're good for each other. And I am not against one night stands. I'm not against people being free sexually, um, people who want to have poly relationships, like I support people being who they want to be. I have come to realize that my specifically, like my last relationship didn't work because the sex was just so distracting. It just happened quickly and it just overtook everything. And then when the dust settled a little bit from, from, you know, all of, all of that, that chemistry, it was just clear. It was so clear. Like, wow, this is definitely not the person for me. And I was blind to that because I was so into just the, the physical. So irrespective of morality and, and things like that, there's so much value in just, just holding off, you know, on being intimate right away to discover the person outside of their penis or vagina, you know, and, and feeling their heart and, getting to, to see how they react when they're, you know, when they're angry or when they're tired, you know? And so, um, yeah, you just, and after this last guy that I, that I was with, I was like, I'm going to make it a point to wait. I don't have a certain time, one month, two months, whatever, to get to know the person so that I can actually see them for who they are without my vagina screaming, somebody let this guy in here right now. like, shh. No, you can't speak yet. You know, like it's not your turn. Uh, (laughs) So yeah, that's, that's huge lesson.
0: Yeah. So exactly what you're saying right now is actually what I meant in regards to the controlling aspect that can come, uh, you know, from within us. Cause like we need that control. Like actually the example I gave was me being in control, right. For my highest good. But then there's the over-controlling, which perhaps led you to having three years of celibacy when maybe one year was enough. Do you see the nuance of what I'm getting to? Mm -hmm. And that control of like, well, if I hold on longer, then surely I am worthy of a greater reward. And, And anyway, you know, there's no mathematical formula to understand when is the right moment and when is it not because in reality whatever we choose is the perfection of exactly that that you need to go through in order to get the lessons that you need to learn no it's like there is no other way like people listening to this there's no way you can say oh yeah 3 years is what i need uh in order to get me that or like half a year it's like no it is something in the nuance to really feel and keep checking in with yourself. You no, know, like when am I in control? Is this control helping me or is this control over protecting me and thus removing me further away from what I actually want? And so I kind of want to weave this. Cause like when I say control, uh, sure. There's like the, um, how you say it? it's, it's like a vibration that holds quite a load. Right. But if you look at it from the, from the black and white, identification of the masculine feminine within you know whatever body you have so within you as a woman your masculine is the one that gives that penetrates that knows where you're going that knows what it wants and is in control right because the masculine holds that structure holds that direction and is the guide so when I speak of control I'm actually also talking about being in control of what you give and being in control of where you go and and what you do and why because the feminine is so abstract right it's connected to um sensuality and 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 sensation and emotion and feeling and intuition and and it's it's all you know water and invisible and movable and non-linear and everything is happening at the same time and so where is that edge of um yeah when the feminine is actually in the shadow right when the inner masculine is controlling to the point where the feminine doesn't get to explore that um, abstract world that requires a woman to be in trust, to open up, to receive, to attract the partner that um, she's ready for. So I kind of want to bridge this back to what we were talking about earlier, dating, um, because, and you and I talked about this a little bit in the beginning before, you know, recording this, uh, we're both quite masculine women, even though, you know, we are definitely perceived as super feminine and we do hold these qualities, but we're definitely women, um, who know, who know what they want and we, we know what we're good at. And of course we always have, you know, edges to polish, but I would say both you and I, and cause that's what I see in you, like your primary way of moving about in the world is masculine and the same for me. And so I actually wanted to go into the subject of like, as masculine women, even though we're super feminine, in dating men. This is something that in my past, before I met my life partner, was certainly a topic of like this almost struggle with, you know, how can I uplift and encourage the masculine and the men that I'm dating without needing to compensate mine or feeling like I can shine in my masculine qualities like the ones I just shared um, especially as an entrepreneur or whatever, without them feeling intimidated. And so I ended up lowering parts of myself or feeling like I had to accommodate in order for them to, to kind of be the guide that I wanted them to be. But then them feeling like they had to prove, it was like messed up. So I wanted to like
1: yeah. hear if you've had any of these experiences. <laughs> oh my gosh. I hope this isn't going to come out the wrong way, but uh, let's see how I say it. So I I went out with, uh years ago before my celibacy three guys who um were broke right they just they didn't have money whatever and but but i've really liked so many other things about them and this was when i was making a lot of money like i was making well into six figures and you know i was just like my apartment was amazing and i just like boom boss lady at work and all this stuff and these guys like had almost nothing, you know, and so I was buying groceries, paying for dinners. They could stay with me and not paying rents. And here I am kind of convincing myself that this is okay because I'm not materialistic and things aren't all about the money, you know, but there was, I did not consider the masculine and the feminine polarity at the, at the time I wasn't so, uh, in tune with, with, this concept of the masculine and feminine within each man and woman and, and whatever, you know, there's masculine and feminine, each human. And looking back, I realized that being an over masculine woman, I was, a, even though they were like strong guys with like fit bodies and they, you know, they were tall and masculine looking, I was attracting, I guess, men with a more feminine dominant side which is not not what I want to attract but like if I'm embodying the masculine how am I going to attract the masculine if if you know the polarities need to be of opposite charges to to attract each other you know and in in my in my case in my experience and and so that has been a really big lesson for me because you know and we've we've talked about this like being businesswoman, taking care of our things—like nobody's going to carry my groceries, nobody's going to carry the the, you know, physically carry, but also carry the decisions and all of these kind of masculine aspects. And then next thing you know, you're just like you're the man of the house, you're the woman of the house, you know, you're just. And then some man comes in, and and it's like the adjustment doesn't doesn't just happen in a vacuum, like just randomly. You know, there needs to be like a, a conscious shift and i i didn't realize that it was harmful for me to not date men oh gosh i don't want to say at my level but like who were a little bit more complimentary for 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 my my where i was in my life and and what i had to offer you know and just trying to be that not materialistic person like i so don't care about materialistic things that i will literally date you and pay for everything you know how is that helpful and, and what was I proving? Why was I yeah. why was I trying to prove that? You know, so that was a big one. Mm-hmm.
0: Power dynamics. But hold on, let, help me understand. You said something about carrying groceries, so you you still don't want anyone to carry your groceries there?
1: No, I definitely do. I okay. I could walk <laughs> down the street, and if a guy wants to be like, "Hey, do you need help with that?" I'll be like, "No you killer vibes. Nope. Okay, sure. <laughs> that would be great if you would help me. Thank you. Like, love awesome. it, love it, awesome." Yeah.
0: Yeah, because I, I feel like sometimes the, you know, we we come up with all kinds of stories of why we need to be in that power position. Because like in my past, I had something similar go on with, with money. And I saw how that power dynamic was emasculating them and making me somehow feel safer to be in control. And very often it's actually, let's say, powerful women, if I can say it like that, who long I I know that this is my longing and I spoke loudly about my longing my longing literally was formulated in the sentence I just want to fall apart in the arms of my man and I say it like this because Mm. to fall (laughs) apart means I trust I, I trust him so much that I can and you know in my position as an intimacy life coach um but in the past you know I I guided retreats <clears throat> I've always worked with women uh, sorry with men and women but with people and so the amount of people I've carried it's it's like there's a lot and so that longing for just like be able to be it's like wow, well, it's the most amazing thing to long for but we get in our own ways and exactly what you just said of you know that that taking the position of like nobody's going to carry my bags It may seem like a simple example, but I think that everything is hiding behind, like the nuances of what you truly believe are hiding behind whether you would enjoy that or not. And in the recent week, I made a post about it on Instagram recently, because in the recent week, multiple women, multiple of my clients actually spoke the words that they just want their man to make certain decisions for them. And now that I'm in a relationship with someone who does that, I mean, we're, we're just an incredible team, first of all. Like, we know exactly how to complement each other, like, naturally, without even trying, actually, because the things I'm really good at and things he's really good at, they just, they, they weave together so beautifully. And he also understands my feminine wave so well that uh, in regards to my cycle, for example, that sometimes he'll literally look at me And sees that there's so much going on for me in my sensory emotional (laughs) experience that it's difficult for me to make a decision where he will literally say, do you want me to just make all these decisions for us? And it's like, it's, it's like orgasm.
1: That's That's like, oh, that goes in the file for like sexy time later, because that is sexy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And honestly, I mean, with it's it's just something very special. Because even, you know, just as a little, uh, how you say, um, summary for people who are tapping into this podcast for the first time, uh, I, I flew to Thailand and left behind my home to be with Ruan, who I'd met, you know, four years ago. But that was a single encounter and it wasn't even a romantic encounter. So in a way, there was a lot of trust involved in making that decision but it's so hard to explain that the trust that i knew i felt even before i hopped on that plane was so solid and what i'm experiencing in that sense of trust now while living out the yeah this this dream relationship in the most grounded way it's um it is all really based on trust because we can long for falling apart in the arms of a man we can long for um yeah having a man who has the capacity to make those decisions even for a powerful or somewhat masculine woman it still right. comes down to the woman deciding uh, to yeah. open up in that way and us becoming clearer in our own lives of what it means to trust when do you know you can trust when do you trust yourself so well that your navigation system is just so accurate that you don't have to doubt whether to say no or yes to this person that you're attracting into your fit. It's like, it just becomes more and more clear. So what can you tell me about trust? Like, when do you know you can trust when you meet someone through a dating app or like, what is it that you look for to know know, that you can trust?
1: I, I actually would like to, to, to respond to something that you said, if it's okay, when you were talking about, yeah. Making the decisions. It's like, I think the difference between that in the divine masculine and the toxic masculine is that your divine masculine cares about what you think, wants to know what you think. If you have any input, it matters, your opinion matters, but but he's also happy to take the reins if you don't want to decide. Whereas, like a toxic masculine is like, I make the decisions. It does it doesn't matter what you think, right? And that's and that's the difference. You can have two men making a whole bunch of decisions. In one of them, the woman feels seen, respected, heard. And in the other one, the woman feels completely undervalued, you know? And so I think that confuses a lot of men. Like, well, I told my wife, you know, that I bought a car and she was mad that I didn't discuss it with her. I don't understand. I made the decision, you know? And it's like, well, honey, you could have asked me and I would have said, I don't care. Do what you want to do. That's fine. But thank you for asking you know, I don't know why they're from Texas, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, and, and that's, and that's the difference. It's like, just, it's, it's not about what you do or what you don't do. It's just about holding and seeing the other person, right? Like,
0: yeah.
1: are you sure you have nothing? You don't mind where we have dinner? So I can totally, do? okay, fine. I'll choose. Not like, Hey, I got a s- steak. And you're like, I, I hardly eat a steak ever. You know that like, you know, it's, so that's something I would really like for people to understand especially men who might be confused by you know what you said about me so sense.
0: is there any advice you want to give men in how to treat you not generalizing women because I think every woman may, may be different but we're, I think we're specifically talking about women with a bit of a masculine edge themselves yeah. like, so, how so do you want to be treated
1: yeah so so I am a feminist in the sense that I believe that women and men are equal in everything except strength and running, right? There's certain biological things and there are differences in the way that we think. But aside from that, as human beings, we each have an equal say and, and all of that. But I also love chivalry, right? And some like super feminists are like, I can open my own door, asshole. You know, I am not like that at all. Like, yes, carry my bag. Yes. Open the door. Yes. Hold me. Yes. Make the decision, but don't ever make me feel like, not that anyone can make you feel anything. Right. But I don't ever want to feel like my opinion doesn't matter. Right. Okay. So, so hold on. You're
0: telling us what you don't want, but how can someone make you feel that your opinion matters?
1: I, I keep forgetting that you're like the most amazing relationship coach ever <laughs> and nothing is going to get past you. And I love that so much. Um, <laughs> cause we're all so good at saying what we don't want, but
0: if we, affirm what we don't want we'll get more of what we don't want yeah. so it's like okay yeah. what do you want
1: how do you want this to be treated I need to do in your next course again uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah I I just I would like uh, the energy of a man who is masculine but gentle considerate but firm when it when it's important you know what I mean like protective but not Defensive or overbearing, right? Like, uh, uh, but the thing is that it, it's at the core of it, it's just stability, right? Because what what is the kind of man that can hold us in our emotional tornadoes or when our minds are going in twenty different places? You know, because men are like more linear. What kind? These of the are man- the
0: men who will do my course
1: <laughs> because. Wait, when is it? Hang on. Let me get my pen. Sorry.
0: Yeah, the the course Catch Your Queen goes so much into the subtlety of, um, well, there's five keys of basically how to um, understand the nuances and the mystery of the woman. So I basically give secrets of understanding the mystery of a woman. And it comes down to understanding the emotional aspect of it and the sexual aspect, no? And these are, are things in which men and women are opposing, you could say, but actually we're complementary. And so sometimes I feel like it's easier for women to learn just a little bit about the masculine brain because men are so much more direct and simplified. Yeah, whereas women are, are way more mysterious.
1: Our brains work differently. We don't think in a straight line. And that can drive some men crazy. And so basically the men who are like, can you just focus on one thing? It's like, can you just not be who you are? (laughs) You know? And so for a man to be able to not only receive that, but to love that. Like, oh my God, you're so cute when you're all over the place. Or, you know, you're you're adorable when you get mad or whatever, instead of like this affront, you know, and admiring the differences and like yeah maybe the guy's not an emotional guy and he doesn't cry all the time but doesn't mean that I can't cry doesn't mean that it's okay and that he can hold me you know
0: so I mean yeah I'm I'm not going to give all the the secrets away of of this course but what you're just saying is like I was just working on this chapter a couple of days ago and I literally wrote down she does not need you to feel everything the way she's feeling because freaking women feel a lot and we can feel things simultaneously the dark and the light all at once but when a woman is approached um in a way that makes her feel that her feelings either need to be uh different or better or let's find a conclusion and a solution and, and get you out of this emotional wave it literally is giving her the impression of like um, your feelings aren't validated or let's get you out of here. Whereas the thing that will allow the mystery of the woman to open up and her heart to soften and for her to trust you more is when you guide her deeper into that chaos and say, right. Oh, so what is that feeling? What is that feeling? And actually you you don't have to understand whatever the, the overwhelm that the woman is going through, but simple questions guiding her deeper into letting her feel more literally which obviously yeah. sounds insane for most men, is the only <laughs> is. thing she will, because that's like a tantrum of a, of a child, right? If you give them the space to have a little tantrum, the tantrum flows by and you're uh-huh. back into balance. Whereas if that tantrum, I don't know if this is a good word, because obviously it's, it's a really beautiful, very powerful thing that women need to go through in order to
1: complicated process.
0: yeah to process the flow to find the intelligence of what's going on we need that and when that flow gets interrupted it has to come out in one way or another it's like damming a river and it's like yeah you're you'll create a tsunami that will come out in a different way whereas if you allow that you know breathing underwater that big wave of whatever it is that needs to be expressed it'll just wash over and wash things clean and make her trust you more
1: that's absolutely on point, and I I am so excited for this course. The more you talk about it, um, but you know, it sounds like what you said reminded me of the fact that I I believe right because I don't know shit. I just know what I've experienced, and but what I believe is that a lot of men feel like they have to fix things, and. And in doing that, it's like you come to them with emotions or a problem and they see see problem. I need to find a solution. And it's like, no, that's not even necessarily it. It might have nothing to do with the guy. It might just be, I'm crying because something between me and my friend hurt my feelings. It's not your job to fix that. It's not your job to minimize what I'm feeling and say, that's not such a big deal. Don't take it personally. Don't be so dramatic. Maybe they didn't mean it that way. Just receive and hold. It's it's like a a I don't want to say passive masculine, but it's like
0: it's it's but but this is hormonal, right? And I think that this is a beautiful point that you make, in which actually I would say this is the part where the fem where women can take a little bit of responsibility. Mm Because if we understand that their brains operate on testosterone. Literally it's almost like the shape of the penis it's direct it has a single focus and it comes from wanting to go in the direction of either the goal or the solution right It's just the way that they are built by nature to be that caveman right so they come with the best of intent but you're right this is the cause for disconnect or feeling or not you know validated in our feelings and, and so on. but would You say it's possible for women to, in that moment, say, Hey, you know, could you bring your solutions at a later time and perhaps just hold me in this moment? Or could you ask me certain questions so that I can go deeper into my emotions, like ask for what you need?
1: Absolutely. Or just starting it off with, you know, there's something I want to talk about with you, but just I want you to know that I'm not looking for you to fix it. I just want to have a conversation and I want to be heard. And if you have some feedback, great, but just honestly being in the space and sharing with you is, is healing for me. So I welcome your feedback when I'm not asking you to fix this like that, that I think that would just take the pressure off the guy maybe right away. And then he would be more open to listening and holding space instead of like, boop, boop, boop. How am I going to fix this? I'm a failure and she needs help. You know, it's like, just hear me, just hold me, just, just tell me it's okay. Say is th- this is one of my favorite questions in the world. Is there anything I can do to support you? Is there anything Okay,
0: guys, make me- <laughs> Write this down. <laughs> Seriously, please write
1: down. Pause the recording. Go ahead, get your pen. Write it down. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. Could you repeat that? <laughs> Yeah. And, and you're right. You know, it does, it does require, it's not, you know, I, I'm definitely not trying to blame men by any means. I think women could do a better job of communicating what it is that they want and what it is that they don't want instead of expecting the men to just know, and then being disappointed when they don't do the right thing. You know, it's like, they're not mind readers, right? Women are kind of mind readers sometimes, but men aren't, as mind reading as, as women are and, or as intuitive. So help them understand, you know, like.
0: Yeah. Cause exactly. Cause I mean, honestly, this course that I'm making, it's not like, Oh, here's the formula to understand women. It's actually very much about women are the great mystery. Basically there is no formula and women are, are there's just something mysterious about Waves of emotion and feeling and sensation that, like you say, it's so non-linear. Like the expectation that we can read each other, each other's minds is is impossible. Um, but it's really like, how can we be open to that complementary nature? Um, so anyway, this is obviously talking about the highest form of relationship. And you know, if we want to use archetypical uh, points, we'll talk about we the king it. and the queen. <laughs> claro que sí. Si, claro que sí. Si. And this is interesting because one of the the voice notes that you sent me before this um, podcast, I can't remember exactly the the examples that you were giving, but you were literally talking about the division between the good guy versus the bad guy. So in my course, I actually talk about this and I talk about the prince on the black horse and the prince on the white horse. So the prince on the, because the prince is basically the archetype before a king, right? The prince on the white horse is the good guy um and the prince on the black horse is the bad guy so can you tell me something about your experience because it kind of seems like you've had both experiences and both have satisfied you on certain levels but somehow like my question is what do you think as a single woman with all the experience you've had what does it require to transcend and get to that next stage of attracting a king
1: Wow. Oh man. You know, I, (laughs) I I don't, I don't know if I have the answer to that, but one one thing, first of all, I just want everybody to know full disclosure that I did Nalaya's dare to love course last year. It was (laughs) amazing. And I learned so much. So I don't want to sit here and act like I don't know anything about your courses because I gained so much from it. And just, uh, and I will do the court, your courses for the rest of my life. Cause they're so unbelievably insightful and you're so wise, but you know, I, I have had experience with what I would consider to be like amazing divine masculine men. And I have also had experience with, I guess, I, I don't want to say the lowest of the low. I mean, they're not murderers and rapists, but you know, like I've had, some really, really awful uh men come into my life. And and you know, I'm I'm realizing that I've attracted all of these men in some way. And and I and I can't just look at a guy and say, oh, he's got a good heart. He's gonna, you know, be a lot. Like it's it's really hard to determine that. And so how do I fish for the right guy? You know, if there isn't physical attraction, there's just that's, that's, that's the difficult part for me. Cause a lot of times I, I find men attractive that oh gosh, no offense to anybody, but if you look up douchebag in the, in the dictionary, the picture of the guy would be like my typical guy that I like, you know, like muscles and tall and, you know, maybe some tattoos or something like that. And, and I know there's a lot of really great guys who have all of those things too, but how do I change what I'm attracted to? You know what I mean? Like, I would love to be attracted to people just for their personality. Like my life would be so much more simple. And so no, I-, I really-
0: well, it, yeah. Mm, I'm trying to look at it from the perspective of like, how can you really truly start believing that you don't need to compensate that archetype, the, that archetypical feature of strength? Because that's what you're portraying. Yeah um like how can how can you get yourself to a place of ultimate trust that you can have it all mm. I, i'm going to i'm going to tell you something really personal and weird um i mean i know ruwan has mentioned it on his podcast um i i can't remember exactly the context but i i told him I, there was a moment where we were like wrestling like kind of playing and you know he does jiu-jitsu, so it's like I mean it's a no gamer for him basically. You no, know? I mean anyway, anyway it would be a no gamer because he's really strong. But there yeah. was a moment in our wrestling playfulness um, that I realized, like, oh my god, if he wanted to, he could kill me. Right? And this sounds really strange, <laughs> but it it made me feel really good. It's like he re- like there's something to his strength that I know he could it sounds really weird to express this honestly but for example when when we were when we were making love uh on the beach uh when we went on holiday a month ago like there there was nothing in my antennas checking the environment at all Uh, i mean maybe a little bit but i i put so much trust in him because i know his strength i know i know he's alert i know he wants to protect me i know so, Because what you're talking about is this archetypal aspect of the protector, the caveman that can protect, right? But that at the same time, you want the provider, the provider who, you know, provides you the space to fall apart, provides you perhaps, I mean, you know, in old school terms, uh, you know, security and, and financial contribution and God knows what. Um, but that's that's the prince on the white horse, right? He comes to provide. And sometimes these good guys um, are the ones that women fall in love with, but perhaps walk away from. Because I know that this is something that, uh, you know, Ruan works a lot with. Uh, he works with men on this topic of nice guy syndrome. It's like, okay, how yeah. can you get past that and actually accelerate an aspect of your strength to yeah. complement that provider that is already embedded And so I would say like, yeah, the the transcending of the prince archetype is the king that can be both. He can have those sensitive qualities because he's learned, for example, how to work with his sexuality, right? Because that is the key way to get grounded, to get centered, to uh, be able to withhold or hold emotional overwhelm, or in in any way, um, be able to maneuver in life's difficulty, um, you know? And that strength aspect, I think, is is important. And even though it may seem superficial, I think that there's something about our primal aspect of the brain that will look at a strong person and know they have a strong personality and know they have a strong connection to their core values or know that it's it's like I'm flexible, I'm super flexible, like as a, as a yoga yogini and i'm super flexible in my in my mentality or, or in my belief system right so it's like the body is a reflection of where we are like it's as simple as that so we pick up on those nuances
1: that's really that's that's beautiful and interesting and you're absolutely right about the protector thing for me personally that is a big thing and you know when i was little from about when i was 4 until you know i was too big for it. My, my mom was very physically violent all the time. And, um, and it, it was brutal, you know, and, and other members of my family, they would use belts. Cause it's super common in the Dominican Republic. Like my, my mom is Dominican from the Dominican Republic. Um, it's super common to hit your kids with belts and like flip-flops and sticks. <laughs> I know it sounds like super messed up in the U S but it's common there. But my my mom was a, um, a victim of, of severe physical abuse when she was young. And so she just, you know, passed that down to me. And so I got that a lot from her. And as a child, I felt unsafe a lot, you know, and I see how that manifests in my adulthood. Because when I was um, going to bars, pro- probably around age 19, um, I really started getting into a lot of bar fights, and it's funny because I'm I was I was modeling, and I'm in these like high heels and this tight little dress. Which, by the way, nobody think you know you deserve to be touched if you're dressed like that because that's not the that's not the divine masculine. But um, you know these guys would touch me, and I would I would hit them. I would punch them. I would like get or if one of my girlfriends I felt like was being taken advantage of, or if she was really drunk and some guy was like trying to touch her, I was like, oh, you know, and I just was like, I would get down there. I mean, it has, it has wound up in a lot of arrests, none of which were of me. And um, so there, so there was this, like, I felt like I had to protect not only myself, but my girlfriends. And then as I got older and started working with, you know, personal development and all this stuff and inner child work, it was like, okay, I'm not this little girl anymore. I can take care of myself. I don't need to overcompensate. Like nobody's gonna, you know, fuck with me. I had to separate myself from that scared little girl who had no defense whatsoever, you know? And so that I believe segues into the fact that it is really important for me to find a man who I feel is is a protector, you know? Yeah, and, and kind of looks that way too. I mean, that's why I like, I mean, I'm tall. I'm five, nine. I like, I like tall men. I like men who look like they're healthy and fit, you know? And, and to me that kind of symbolizes a a protector. I know there's other ways to protect, you know, you can protect with money, security systems, dogs, security, like there's other ways to protect. And, and so I I see where that comes from in me. And and yeah, it is really Mm -hmm. important for me to find a, a protector in that sense.
0: So yeah. thank you, first of all, for, you know, being so vulnerable because I, yeah, I really feel like, wow, well, there's going to be a lot of people who are able to relate to that because the way that we are in the dating world or within relationships, you know, there are always, always, always traces from our childhood, whether we were overprotected or weren't safe enough. Right. And so as you know, having done there to love, it's like, I always ask people to start practicing certain qualities that they want to find already in their relationship, but practice them in other relations. No. So when you talk about feeling like you are basically secure, because as you know, I don't like talking about protection. I like talking about security. So when you think about the relationships you have, uh, sisters, uh, brothers, um even vision because now you're in the mind valley team when you think of like trust Mm -hmm. um secure like feeling secure Mm -hmm. kind of on the edge of what we talked about like the capacity to fall apart in the arms of another yeah is this present in your life uh
1: absolutely i mean you know just 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 to, to segue with the, the last thing and what we're saying now is like, I've always loved the good guy, like bad guys. I've never been like, oh, that guy with a leather jacket on a motorcycle is sexy. And and I want the good guys to know that it, it if good guys do not finish last, okay? You just don't. Like the good guys are on a marathon and the bad guys are on a sprint, okay? So I'll put, I'll put it that way. And I want nothing to do with an asshole or, you know, any guy who, who doesn't treat people well, you know, or who is severely narcissistic or vain and lacks humility. Like I love humility and kindness. And by the way, I love the adjustment you made with the word protection and security 100%. Um, yeah, you know, my, my worst nightmare after having to leave the sacred Valley because of COVID was having to go back into a corporate situation and work for more toxic masculinity. Like I had in my corporate world where I was making all this money and, you know, I was terrified. I literally was like, I do not want to live life if I have to work under fluorescent lights with some guy who's looking down my shirt, who's not taking me seriously, which again leads to having to be over-masculine so you can be taken seriously. And it is such a gift from the universe that I got connected with literally one of the greatest manifestations of what I consider the divine masculine on the planet, maybe. You know, I mean... I, I've been following Mind Valley and Vision since like 2012, and it was absolutely random the way that we got connected on Instagram through a mutual friend. And you want to know what what it was that brought us together? It's ayahuasca. Yeah, like my friend uh, told him, you know, she's done ayahuasca like 125 times, and I know you're super um, interested in altered states of consciousness. Like that's one of Vision's main subjects for his courses and for his teachings and in his books and all this stuff. And and so we were able to kind of talk, that was the the bridge for us. And then, you know, when he learned about my psychology background and my sales background and my travels and all this stuff, it just seemed like a good fit. And so I actually feel for the first time in my entire life, safe and secure working for a man. I've never felt this way. And um, he, you know, I consider him a friend, and and just the way that he represents women. Like we have a, a female appreciation day at Mine Valley, where like all the men literally shower the women with love, and then there's Valentine's Week where everybody gets each other's gifts. Like there's a lot of there's your a birthday. Lot of, it's like the whole birthday. team celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know Valentine's. But. <laughs> my birthday is Valentine's day, by the way, um, because I'm mm-hmm. love and I've covered it with foundation, but I have a birthmark on my forehead that looks like a heart. There's a lot of like weird heart, love related things around me. You are a Cupid. Um, <laughs> you're right. I want to <laughs> receive the arrow. Okay. I don't want to shoot it no. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful for that. And it is so important to be around divine masculine, whether or not it's your partner, like there is absolutely nothing romantic between Vision and I, and I'm, I'm extremely happy about that. Cause I don't ever want to get involved with someone that I, that I work for, especially, but just being around and, and, and feeling his energy and, and like, literally he treats everybody the same. Everybody in the company has his WhatsApp, you know, I've never met a CEO of, of a company, a multi multi-million dollar company who has over 300 employees who everybody can text him anytime. And he knows their names. Like he treats people like people. And there's, I could go on about why, why, you know, his company and his philosophy and vision and the way he treats his, his, uh, the people who work for him is just like, I wish that all the CEOs, men or women, right. Cause women can be yeah,
0: exactly.
1: for sure when they're in power big time. And, you know, I I just really wish that they would learn from him because the happiness rate in this company and then just the way people get along and even Sunday night, you know, I'm sure you're aware of maybe Sunday night blues. It's like, oh my God, the week starts tomorrow. Fuck my life. No, you know, and it's just, it's just not like that here. So there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of pieces coming together, but going back to the divine masculine, um, I've been on a date with one person all year. And that was here in Estonia. And uh, the guy lives out of the country. And actually, we're gonna have our third date tonight. Um, he he lives out of the <laughs> out of the country, so there is no uh, like relationship or you know thoughts like that. It's just really enjoying the moment of literally being around a man who is attractive, kind, soft spoken. Right? Not. He, there's no like, uh, you know, like he's just so thoughtful and inquisitive and curious and like, tell me more about you. And I'm just like, I, I feel like I've been talking too much. Please tell me about you. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm fascinated and I love hearing. I'm just, that's like, that is such a turn on, you know. It's like the way to a woman's vagina is through her ears, her heart. You know what I mean? Like, and, and. Obviously, the way through a man to a man's penis is literally any direction. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. You know what, sister? You're not
0: going to believe this. What you just said is literally the title of key number two in both courses. A woman's body opens through her heart. Oh. I, I didn't include a, a key that says the way to the guy's penis is <laughs>
1: to take up literally your lungs, no. any direction. Anything there? There is no way that is not to a man's penis. Oh, no. oh my god! So yeah, we you know the, this guy, and 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 by the way, just to get a little personal, like you know, the other night, it's like I could tell he was trying to go a little further, and the moment that I showed hesitation, he stopped immediately, immediately, and I found that to be so sexy. Like a man who has control over himself, his body, and to go a layer deeper his penis, that is just beyond sexy. Like a guy who's just like, "Oh, I want to get blue balls or something like that. It's just like, dude, get out of here. You know, forget about tantra. If you're worried about blue balls, like, <laughs> you know, and and that is is so sexy. It's like you have a desire and it could be primal, and maybe you're a man, but, the moment he sensed hesitation, he backed off. And I just really, really, really appreciate that so much. And it definitely makes him sexier, you know, instead of like pushing more and let me find another way. And oh, she, maybe if I give her a shoulder massage and then, you know, it's like, quit trying to like, just let her come to you because man, when we, when I can come to a man, instead of, uh, you know, initially right when you're in a relationship it's different you can go back and forth but like in, in the beginning when you just kind of allow the woman to drift you know in in your direction and and there is no question it's it's
0: so much sexier
1: then, than the pressure of
0: yeah because that because then you know that that sense of security is really established yeah. like as a man you'll know you'll, you'll just know because she'll yeah. navigate towards you as exactly. opposed to yeah
1: Exactly. And, and yeah. what you the other day or what you just said a moment ago about you and Ruan the other day, how, how you felt like he could kill you any moment. I don't think that's something that is, is unique to you. Let me tell you, I think I, it's gotta be a woman thing because I think that all the time, you know, and even, even in the house with this guy the other day, I, I, I invited him over to my apartment and I made the determination that somehow, right. Cause I could have been wrong that it was safe. First of all, we're in a pandemic. We can't go sit at a restaurant. He's living in a hotel for a few months because he's here on a project. So it's my place or the park, and it's cold in Estonia, y'all. It's like yeah. freezing, freezing. So I made the decision and I felt safe. And obviously, it was right because he's super respectful, but literally, he could absolutely kill me, you know, and those that's one of those things that. With the right dynamic and the right man, can can turn into like a weird kind of turn on situation. You know what I mean? Like, it's so sexy that this man is so big and so strong and so gentle and so in control of himself. Like, oh,
0: okay. So so I am actually interested. Like, if uh, people who are (laughs) listening to this, like, I would like to know if this is a thought that has crossed your mind because somehow for me, is the first time I think. Like, I mean, I've been around men who possibly could have killed like but it's never been a thought I've had and it seems like you thought it oh yeah so I think you're right I think it's something instinctual primal that we scan for uh safety and to let go right that that softness of the feminine can
1: really come out Um, But the value of it though imagine if we didn't imagine if we didn't Think about those things or make those determinations you walk down an alley with the wrong guy you get in the car with the wrong guy you let the wrong no guy
0: sure. sure 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 yeah, yeah yeah no no don't worry I, I've, I've overprotected myself in the past and and scanned for danger but that <laughs> thought of like I am with a man who can that that's never crossed my mind but yeah. no, no, I I know what you mean. Of course, there is the instinctual aspect of mm-hmm. um, scanning for danger as a woman. I, I've traveled the world alone, lived in India for five years. I I think I've established these. uh antennas you write a very book well. on it. <laughs> for sure. Um, I'm just looking at our notes. It's so interesting that, you know, we thought we were going to go a little bit deeper into like sense of tribe and belonging and sisterhood and the, the shadow side of the feminine within sisterhood and competition and beauty and all of these things that get in the way. But honestly, I, I love how we've, we've basically discussed and um, yeah, love and intimacy and romance, no, you being Cupid, miss... Yeah. Miss Jeanette born on Valentine's Day. I mean, of course, we have to talk about love and celibacy and the intricacy of, yeah. you know, meeting men and and for men to hopefully feel inspired by this, but also women, right? Because we all step on our own toes. It's like we all get in the way of ourselves. We all sabotage, you know, attracting the kind of love that we want. And I, I honestly feel like, yeah, this has been such an incredible, beautiful in that conversation of uh, sisters talking uh, about real life experiences and, and seeing how we can just evolve to, uh, yeah, to meet the other and feel complimentary in uh, the way that we can interact uh, with men as women and to feel that the, the feminine of the woman can really flourish in the presence of allowing that King to rise. No, but we have to make room for the King to rise. Like if I hadn't made room in my heart to say, okay, I'm a pretty determined woman. I know what I want. I run my own business since my early 20s. If I hadn't really done deep work of, you know, learning how to trust or to be guided or to receive support from brothers, from men in my life, and really know what it is that I need to let go of, and what parts of me I need to surrender and let go, like, sorry, I'm repeating myself, what I need to surrender to, then I wouldn't have space for someone like Ruan to walk into my life. So it's like, it's, I think conversations like this are really important because uh, there's a lot of people, especially now with the pandemic, um, longing you know, for this complementary way of walking your path. And we have to trust in the vibration. Because for a moment, we went into internet dating, dating apps, which I have no experience with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am all old school like that. But at the same time, you know, whether people are on dating apps or not, um, I, I think we can speak for the trust in vibration. That if you are really in alignment with knowing what you want and, you know, acting out in alignment in all your other relationships then whether you choose to use apps or not, you have to trust that it'll come in the right moment. And yeah. it can literally happen when not being on apps, which is what I believe in, because you'll bump into that person or meet them on the bus or in whatever random, very serendipitous, like it's like, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. It's just yeah. the way it is. Yeah, That is truly what I believe in. So yeah, I think that this, yeah. Thank you so much your vulnerability and your wisdom and your beauty and thank you for our sisterhood and for yeah just the the way that we've grown especially in this last year um in ultimate sense of support and trust and authenticity in the way that we share and thank you for pushing me a little bit in you know recording more meditations for mind valley uh, you've been really honored. And I, I very much appreciate you for that because I know it, it is one of my passions and I needed a little push from a sister for that. And I know so I, good. Oh, you're so good. And, and, you know, you also allow me to to push you a little bit because I see your strength and your power and your voice that wants to be heard in the way that you see reality. So Who knows? This may not be the last time you are on my podcast. I would love for you to come back.
1: (laughs) So honored. And you took all these words out of my mouth because I wanted to say thank you so much. And I'm so grateful for you. And I don't just consider you a sister. You are a big teacher for me. And um, there was so much that I gained from doing your last course. And gosh, I would love to like go over all of that again and join in on any other course of yours that's possible and encourage men and women to please take the king and queen course because God knows we all need it. Right. And, and just to clarify for, for anybody watching, um, I've known you for more than a year. We just this last year, we've grown a lot closer, but we go back like like six years, honestly, from, from when we met initially. Yeah. A couple of years, we've really, really strengthened our bond and oh, my sister for life. I love you so much. I'm so grateful. You are such a beautiful light. And I can't think of anybody who deserves to be in a absolutely divine relationship more than (laughs) you. You have done so much for so many people and it's your time now. So bless you.
0: And it was needed now to empower all of these teachings. Yeah, to live it.
1: Yeah, it's the next so, phase of your teachings.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think yeah. a lot is going to be birthed from from everything that is flourishing in this love. Yeah. So sure. gracias, mi querida. Gracias
1: Thank you for coming. coming. Thank <laughs> you
0: so much. And um, yeah, have a beautiful, beautiful day, and we'll be in contact very soon.
1: Sounds good. Love. We'll talk soon. <laughs>
0: you're listening to the make love to life podcast the place where we uncover all the barriers that prevent you from experiencing deeper intimacy if you are looking to attract love and authentic partnership then hit the subscribe button and go to my website nalaya to sign up for my private group make love to life see you there